hey, we're gonna um, we're gonna learn from the Bible together. Fancy doing that this morning? You up for a bit of that? It's all me this morning. I'm very sorry about that. Um, but literally everybody else is on holiday, so <laughs> it's okay. I'm very glad to be here with you. Uh, I really am. I promise. Uh, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 14 today. If you want to turn to it, flick to it on your phone, or uh, has anyone got a paper Bible with them? I can see Helen has. Yes, more than I thought. Extra heaven points for you. <laughs> That's not a thing. It's not a thing. Um, we are in Matthew chapter 14. We're starting at verse 22. And it says this. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Why don't we pray? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you that we get to understand more of you, of your nature, of who you are, would you come and be with us and help us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I think a lot of us might know this story. This is a Sunday school classic, and whenever these uh, particularly famous, well-known stories pop up uh, for us to preach on, it's always a bit of a, a moment to think about what can we actually say? What can we actually think about uh, that's going to help us to switch out of uh, maybe what we pictured or learned as a child from our childhood Bible or from Sunday school and to switch back into what is it that Jesus is saying to us now in this moment uh, that we can apply to our lives and our journey of uh, discipleship? It's safe to say in uh, this particular moment in Jesus's ministry, excuse me, um, <clears throat> that Jesus has had a big day. Um, the context of this particular little nugget that we've just read is that at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus has just found out that John the Baptist had been murdered by Herod. And then uh, the disciples have just told him that. Jesus tries to retreat so that he can sort of pray and process what's just happened, uh, but the crowds find him. And so when he's trying to uh, take a moment to retreat, he, Jesus ends up instead teaching these crowds of people all afternoon and into the evening. 
And then uh, that's the moment where he does this incredible miracle and feeds them all, 5,000 men and their wives and their children. Uh, and then finally, Jesus gets some peace, and that's the beginning of this story, because he literally puts the disciples in a boat and sends them off onto the lake. Uh, and then he heads up onto the mountainside to pray. So the first thing I wanted us to just think on just for a moment is the example that Jesus sets for us of fighting for that moment of solitude and prayer with his father. Because I think a lot of us can relate to Jesus's uh, struggle here. He's tried to retreat to go and pray and to focus and to process on what's just happened, to hear from his father. People have found him hassled him, uh, workers basically called him up and said, come on, you've got to teach all these people. Um, it's, a, it's a struggle, and that's true for all of us. It's a struggle for all of us to not be distracted from the things of life that pull us away from these moments of solitude and quiet and reflection and prayer that we're all trying so often and so hard to find. Jesus has just learned that John the Baptist has been beheaded. You know, what a huge thing to learn. What a huge thing to try and process. And for each of us, too, we have these moments in our lives, don't we, where there's just big news, big things that are just dropped into our lives. And we have to take time. We have to fight to take that time to go away uh, and process and pray. And it's difficult. I wanted to encourage us this morning uh, to go on going on with this journey of trying to find moments in your life of silence and of solitude and of prayer. Uh, and for a lot of us, I think when I have like conversations with us, most of us, I would say, we're not in a, in a, like, in a pattern that we've been in for years and years and years and years of doing this. For all of us, we have seasons of our lives and with the seasons of lives come the opportunity and the necessity to change up uh, what we're doing. Um, I got myself recently into a bit of a muddle and overthinking of, of like, what does it mean to pray and be in solitude and to think and to reflect? Um, and so I decided to go back to, uh, well, what does Jesus say about prayer? Uh, and to go back to the Lord's Prayer and to think about that as a model for, for prayer. Uh, and so I've been doing that over the last uh, couple of months and it's been really helping me um, because when I come to sit down uh, with God, I sort of have a, a program to follow to help me to enter in. Otherwise, I don't know if you're anything like me, otherwise I just faff about and I sit there and I think about something else and then I think, oh, I should read the Bible or I should do this or do that um, and I'm distracted. So instead I've just been using this uh, the model from the, the Lord's Prayer. Good thing to do. How do I pray? I know, let's just do what Jesus said. Uh, so uh, the Lord's Prayer creates this simple model for us. And so what I've been doing is uh, starting with worship. Start with worship, moving on to pray for the world and for our communities and to see uh, the kingdom come. Then praying for my own individual needs. Then making my confession and asking for forgiveness asking for protection from temptation and from evil in the world, and then finishing off with worship again. This is not a model that I'm prescribing to you, it's just something that I've been doing uh, to help me, and there are many, many different things that we can do to help us, but let me encourage you 
uh, as Jesus so uh, with such tenacity sought to find those moments of prayer and solitude even in the midst of uh, thousands and thousands of people following him around wanting to hear his wisdom so too do we need desperately to find that time with him to recharge to reflect uh, and to figure out where to go next in our lives so Jesus is up on the mountainside praying. He sent his disciples off in a boat. Uh, and then it says that they were a considerable distance out on the lake by the time Jesus got to them. Um, in the, 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 when the considerable distance in the Greek, uh, it literally means many stadia, so lots of stadiums. So a bit like how we tend to measure things by like how many red buses or how many uh, football pitches. Uh, this says like many stadia. Uh, and a stadium, like in the, in the Greek, is about 600 feet, which probably means that the disciples were about two or three miles out um, from the shore in this boat. So it's a long way. You, could, you couldn't have even seen them from the shore. And, it, and they've also been out there for a really long time. Uh, they've been battling the storm on the lake, uh, the sort of choppy waters in the lake, from before sundown when Jesus first sends them off uh, until... Uh, it says until the fourth watch, which is uh, like between 3 and 6 a.m., so just before dawn. So basically all night long, uh, they've been two or three miles out in the middle of the lake and um, being buffeted about. Um, and then, all of a sudden, at this bizarre time of morning, I don't know how often you are up in, at that time of day, you know, between 3 and 6 a.m., and, you know, the light's low, uh, everything looks a bit different to how it normally looks in the rest of the day. Uh, that'll be Simon and I and the girls tomorrow morning. We're, uh, we're heading off on holiday. We're taking an overnight ferry. I don't know if you've ever done the overnight ferry thing. Yes, Sophia's excited. I don't know if you've ever done the overnight ferry thing, but you're just fast asleep in your cabin. And then all of a sudden they have to wake you up to get off the ferry. And they turn the, all the lights on in the cabin. And they turn the radio on in the cabin and you can do nothing about it. They won't let you switch the lights on or switch the radio off. So all of a sudden you're like, um, you have to sort of emerge like little creatures from the cabin uh, into this low light early, early in the morning. Uh, and that's the moment where Jesus walks to the disciples on the lake. And thinking about Jesus walking two or three miles across this stormy, choppy water, it kind of made me uh, think of Genesis 1 where it says right at the beginning of time, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters or like brooding over the waters, some translations say, like, like how an eagle might hover over its young with great care and attention. The spirit of God was hovering over the waters and so too does Jesus sort of hover over the waters, walk over the waters two or three miles as he approaches his disciples who he cares so greatly for. And we see, don't we, in these few uh, chapters, we see the great care of Jesus here. You know, it often says in Matthew that Jesus was, was moved for, for, with compassion for the people. And he's just gone from a place of feeding thousands and thousands of them, teaching them, taking care of their spiritual needs, but also taking care of their physical needs, what their bodies need to survive. And now Jesus goes from caring for all of these thousands and thousands of people and then it turns from, from that to the great care that he shows for this one disciple, Peter, as he comes walking across.
across the waters. The disciples in the boat are terrified that it might be a, a ghost coming to them over the waters because Jesus had never walked to them over the water before, uh, but there had been probably many legends amongst the fishermen of ghosts that had appeared in the dark nights of the waters. So it's probably more, uh, more like they expected to see a ghost more than they maybe expected to see Jesus. So they're, they're terrified. They think, this is it. Finally, this legend of the ghost is coming to us across the waters. Um, but Jesus, as he so often does in his grace and his gentleness, begins with telling them not to be afraid. Jesus cares so much them and Jesus just cares so much for you so much for us he cares so much about the things that you are afraid of and the things that you are troubled by he just cares so much he cares for the physical needs of thousands of people at once all the way into the depth of our individual fears and doubts and lack of faith he just cares so much. I wonder, do we need to allow ourselves this morning to receive the love and the care of God through Jesus and from one another? It's easy for us to, uh, lots of us to sort of step up into, no, I'm a Christian, I know Jesus, I'm, I, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and forget that the Christ who strengthens me bit. You know, each of us needs to remember, I'm preaching to myself this morning, each of us needs to remember to receive that care that Jesus has for us so deeply, to bring our fears and our trepidation to him. And how, how, excuse me, how does Jesus show his care for Peter here? Well, this is a moment where Jesus cares for Peter's individual salvation both literally by stopping him from drowning and also by helping Peter continue to see and witness and experience that he, Jesus, really is God. He really is powerful. Most of all, he really is faithful. Peter wanted to be close to Jesus. He also wanted to kind of imitate, he wanted to copy what Jesus had done uh, by walking to him on the water. And so Peter asks Jesus, if it is you, Lord, if it is you, uh, call me out onto the water. And so Jesus says, come. What I love about this story is that, that Peter doesn't overcome his fear before he then steps out into the boat. Even as he's stepping out into the choppy, stormy waters in that weird, low morning light, he's not 100% sure if the person in front of him is Jesus or a ghost. And still, in the midst of that, he is sure enough that it's Jesus to just step out into what it is that Jesus is calling him into, just a simple come. And I think that's so reassuring for us as disciples you know sometimes we feel like we need to have it all together we need to be so ready and we need to be so full of faith and we need to have no fear in any of us before we can step out and do the things that God is calling us to do but actually we can see here that 
Peter has not overcome his fear, but he does still step out in faith towards Jesus. Peter says, if it's you, Lord, if, if it is you, then call me out onto the water and I'll come. He was afraid. He wasn't 100% sure. And then, even when he was in the middle of it and he was literally walking on water, I've never understood in this story how you can be physically walking on water and still be not sure whether or not it's Jesus calling you to. But Peter isn't sure. He loses faith halfway through and he begins to sink. And then he calls out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And then it says, and this is the most important word in, uh, in the story, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. We can know this morning that when we step out into the things that God has for us, when we step into the fullness of who he is, the fullness of what he's done and the fullness of what he calls us to, sometimes we're so overcome by our fear or we're so overcome by our doubt or we're so we kind of can't see the wood from the trees and we're so uh, nervous that we forget and we can't feel where God is we can't feel his presence and we can't see what he's doing but the encouragement and the reminder in this story is that as soon as we call out Lord save me immediately Jesus will reach out his hand and save us immediately Jesus has reached out and saved us because he's done that for all of us on the cross and he does it for each of us daily as we turn to him you know as we wake up in the morning and think what does it look like for me to even follow Jesus today we can cry out to him Lord save me and immediately Jesus will take our hand catch us and stop us from drowning maybe the band wants to come up and join me. So this morning, let me encourage us. Just like Jesus, we need to make it a priority and we need to fight with everything we've got to find those moments of, of solitude and of prayer. Especially when those big pieces of news come when those big devastating things in our lives come and yes we might be distracted yes people might need things from us or try to take things from us or come and find us when we're trying to uh, hide but we need to find those moments wherever we can and let me remind you again too that Jesus he just cares for you so much. He cares for all of us. He cares for St. Paul Shadwell and he cares for Tower Hamlets churches and he cares for all of East London and he cares for all of London and he cares for all of the UK and he cares for all of our physical needs and all of our spiritual needs but he also cares for you and the things that you are worried about and the things that are causing you anxiety and the things that are causing you stress even if they're things that you think they're stupid stuff I shouldn't worry about he cares for you and he cares about those things and in those moments of solitude, in those moments of intimacy with Jesus let's allow Jesus to care for us again so we don't have to be strong or put on a front in front of him and let's remember too that as we step out 
boldly into the things that God has called us to do, boldly into the people that he's called us to be. We don't need to have it all together. We don't need to be unafraid or bold without him. We just need to step out. Even if our trust is at 50%. Even if our prayer is, if it is you, Lord, please call me. And that's all we can muster. We can trust and we can know that when we cry out to him to save us, he's going to immediately reach out and take us by the hand and save us. Why don't we stand together? If you're able to. Jesus, we want to live in the knowledge and the faith that you are immediately going to reach out and grab us when we feel like we're drowning. And Lord, we just, let's just recommit ourselves to him in this moment. Let's just give ourselves back over to him again. All of the the struggles and the things that we have uh, taken back from him. Maybe we gave them to him once, but we've taken them back and decided we can handle them ourselves. Let's just give them back to him again. Trusting him. Even if your trust is at 50%, just trusting him. If it is you, Lord, just call us out. Step into more of what you have for us. Step into more of who you are and who we are in you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And where there are fears and where there are doubts, we just give them over to you now, Lord Jesus, and we commit in this moment to crying out to you, Lord, save us. save us. We need you, God. Lord, save us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're going to sing in worship again together. moment to have the meal together that Jesus gave us to share as we remember him, remember his goodness, remember who he is. But let's sing together now.